for our metta practice uh, this afternoon, I want to first uh, continue with an overview of the nature of the practice very briefly, say a few things about the, some of the um, technicalities of practice and, and work with the phrases and so forth. And, and then I want to um, introduce two new aspects of the practice. One is, uh, most of which will be familiar to everyone, but maybe, or to most people, but maybe not everyone. And the first is to bring in another one of our metta muses, uh, the uh, dear friend. And then I want to do, towards the end of the practice, to bring in a more somatically based form of metta, which for some people uh, actually works better than the repetition of the phrases. And that's a form that we sometimes call radiating metta which is, works with, more with the body and a sense of radiating out in space. So Heather gave a, a pretty full overview uh, two days ago. Uh, do you remember that was two days ago? Does it seem like two weeks ago? <laughs> Long time. Um, she gave an overview and we just wanted to add a few pieces. Um, one is just the reminder that the, uh, the term metta comes from words having to do with uh, uh, friendship and being friendly, sense, that sense of warmth. And I was reflecting that from a cultural perspective, probably friendship has had a um, more central focus in most cultures other than our own. So, of course, for many of us, friendships are very key. Uh, but in other cultures, they've often been uh, valued more. Here, what is the center of kindness and affection? It's the subject of rock and roll and of, uh, you know, of uh, uh, all the great soul music and so forth. It's essentially romantic love. And and yet uh, here there's, it's a different quality of uh, heart that really is this sense of warmth and um, something that can increasingly become our default setting. One of the ways I like to think about metta practice as a kind of training is that it's a training in learning to lead with our hearts, to really come from kindness, to come from empathy, no matter what the situation, even if it's difficult, even if we have to be firm, say no, take strong action, that's advanced practice, but we can still do so from a, a place of kindness or, or if we want to call that love, we can, do, we can do it from that perspective. It's really metta practice really is in a way the counterpart of mindfulness practice, which is a training so that our hearts are responsive rather than reactive increasingly in every situation and increasingly in the difficult situations. So this is a uh, powerful intention, right? It's a beautiful, powerful intention that can seem like a lot. And so the strategy of metta practice is to start where the metta flows the best. And then we work out uh, towards uh, bringing the metta towards 
beings who are more neutral and then eventually, as, as you all know, towards beings who are more difficult. So for now in the practice, particularly for those who are sitting one month, uh, hopefully the phrases that you have are, are set. It's good to, if you're, if you're not so experienced in meta practice, it's good to have those phrases worked out uh, you know, around now. I mean, not this right moment, but, but more or less at, at this time. You know, and so see, uh, see what phrases seem to resonate with you, seem to be evocative. You know, the, the design is that the phrases carry the intention of kindness. And we work with the phrases, we say them, and then we let be whatever occurs. It's a really crucial point. We're, our aim is not to be here and produce metta, actually. Um, it's more to incline towards metta and then let the heart do, do what it does. And sometimes with our phrases, there'll be a sense of warmth or kindness, and sometimes there'll be something else. I'll say, may I be safe and free from harm. And something in me says, you're not that safe, forget it. You know, you know and can argue with the metaphrases, right? <laughs> Does that happen? <laughs> and, and so, and that's part of the process. That's what Heather was talking about uh, under the heading of uh, purification. So that, that's part of it. And so very crucial point that we incline with the phrases and then we let be whatever occurs. You know, one of my favorite lines expressing this is from a, a poem by T.S. Eliot where he says, ours is in the trying, the rest is not our business. And so we do our best, we incline, and then we let each phrase have whatever effect it has. So very, very crucial point for meta practice. And so good to have the phrases that can be evocative. I'll just say what my phrases are. And I'll also mention a newly emerging phrase. Uh, the phrases I use are, may I rest in the awakened heart? May I be safe and free from harm? May my body support my practice? And may I be held in love? And feel free to use those. Fine. And then a new, a new one has to do with this uh, more radiating form of metta, which I'll get to at the end. And it's, it's a line that has been having a lot of power lately. And it's simply this, um, radiance manifesting more and more. And that seems to evoke uh, metta for me. So it's personal. The phrases can be quite personal. Uh, to see what really uh, works for you. Maybe a few other points. Um, Heather, did you bring in the, I think you brought in the hand on the heart, right? Did you bring in that? Okay. So I'll I'll bring in just a few aspects. One of the challenges, uh, potential challenges of meta practice is that because we're using phrases, 
there can sometimes be some dryness to them or some um, ways that we stay uh, verbal. And, and that, especially when we're newer to meta practice, uh, often is the case. And if we stay with it, that gets worked through. My first time I did meta retreat, I did it on my own without guidance, which may not have been a great idea, but it's what I did. It was, a, it was like 25 years ago. And there weren't meta retreats at that time, and I wanted to do more meta, so I did it on my own. I didn't have guidance, and it was pretty dry, and I said, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't for me. And I was, um, you know, had been doing it for a better part of a week, and I didn't think it was really having many results. And then over breakfast, when I wasn't even doing the formal practice, I said to my, I have heard myself saying to myself, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, whoa. (laughs) So I said, well, maybe it is having some effect. (laughs) So so it's a little bit mysterious, right? That's the point of the story, partly. (laughs) It's a little bit mysterious. We keep doing it. It doesn't always feel like anything's happening, but it um, may be happening. Okay. So... Uh, so, because we use words like that, there are a few aspects of technique that uh, we've developed, you know, I think among the larger community, that can be helpful, basically to give a more embodied and a more emotional uh, way to practice metta. There are a few aspects of technique which are optional, and they may be helpful for you. They're ones that, that I use, personally. And one of them is to... Is to have some kind of light awareness in the area of the heart. You know, one way is to just keep the hand on the heart, even for the whole session, you know. And that can, um, this isn't supposed to have any, you know, immediate, you know, impact in terms of experience, but it just helps keep it a little more embodied, to keep the hand on the heart, or sometimes to keep the awareness lightly in the heart area, if that's easy for you to do, not in a real focused way, but, but um, a light awareness there. And then, um, related to that, um, another way to start, really, with each phrase is to have an image of oneself or the person that one is offering metta to right before you say the phrase. Again, it can help with the emotional connection, in a way. And it, it, it might be of a, uh, a sense, uh, like it could be from a photo or some image of oneself where one is shining, where one is happy. You know, for some people, it helps to actually have an image of oneself as a child. And for other people, that's not the way to go. But that can be helpful. And um, same thing with uh, an image of another being, a benefactor or, or the dear friend. That can be, that can be helpful. Related to that, for some of us who are maybe are more somatically oriented, it might be to have a sense of the bodily feeling that we have in the presence of the benefactor or the friend, or it could be to evoke the bodily feeling when we are um, shining or when we have that sense of warmth and, and kindness and love, something like that. And then the last aspect is to, after the saying of each phrase, to let there be a little pause, or we sometimes call it an echo, 
and could be just two or three seconds. And sometimes helpful if you, if, again, if this isn't too much, to keep the awareness lightly in the heart and just let be whatever's there and maybe nothing's there, maybe there's a little bit of sensation, maybe there's a memory, maybe there's a feeling, maybe there's that, you know, commentary of, you know, and then we, we just let that be and then we go on to the next phrase and we can do it in that way. So those are, those can be helpful for some people, those aspects of technique to have it be a little more emotional and a little more embodied. And if it's going just fine for you, you can disregard those, those suggestions. Okay. So then just one word about the, uh, the dear friend. This is the third of our metta muses or, or uh, metta categories. And again, uh, any of the metta beings that, you know, uh, that we work with uh, uh, doesn't have to be human being, could be a non-human being, you know, could be a tree for that matter. You know, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. It's whatever is evocative. And so the dear friend is typically someone with whom there's more of a peer relationship as compared to the uh, benefactor. Maybe more of a peer. And again, it's a relation where when you consider this being, what, what flows are almost entirely positive feelings. So again, we're not talking about uh, what we sometimes call complex relationships, you know, where there's a lot of good stuff, but there's, <coughs> there's those challenges. So someone towards whom almost entirely positive feelings are there. And again, we have one person or one being stand in, even if you might have five or eight potential dear friends, we'll come back to them uh, partly when we work with metta for all beings, but we just choose one to stand in for, for those. Okay. So we'll work now with, um, I'll give you your choice. Again, some of us may have worked with self and then benefactor and now friend. And some of us, for some of us, doing metta for self may come up against a barrier or a wall, in which case we suggest really just staying with the uh, benefactor and now friend. So I'll take us through uh, two of the categories. We'll do, we'll have a chance to do um, really the two which seem to flow best for ourselves. But let's have the second one be the, the dear friend. So we'll start with either the uh, metta for self or metta for benefactor. We'll do that right now and, and I'll, I'll let us know when to shift.
And now shifting to metta towards the dear friend. You know, if you're newer to the practice, truly just choosing one being to stand in. Again, it doesn't have to be a human being.
I'd like to give now some simple guidance for a radiating form of metta that for some people helps to connect more with the energy and spirit of metta. It's a more, it's a more energetic and uh, somatically based form of, of uh, doing metta. And it can relate with the uh, passage that uh, really most of us know in the text, uh, the Metta Sutta, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded. And probably most of us know this form of metta as one of the ways that we might do metta for all beings. And I'll take us through that briefly. And there are ways, if this works for oneself, that one can also start with that more energetic and embodied metta and stay with that energy and then work with the phrases as well. So first bringing attention to the center of the chest, the area that we call the heart center. And maybe you can use one of your phrases that might tend to evoke that sense of kindness or warmth towards another being. And start to feel, if you can, that quality of metta as an energy radiating out from the heart, starting to radiate out in front and in back, left and right, above and below. wishing well for everyone in this hall. Sometimes we can have a sense or imagine rays of metta in front and back, either side, above and below. You may keep that sense of the radiating heart, radiating in space, filling increasingly this hall. And you might want to accompany that with your phrases directed towards all of us. May we rest in the awakened heart. May we be safe and free from harm and so forth. And continually come back to that sense of the heart, 
the heart center, the sense of radiating if you feel that. We can help to, again, imagine or feel that radiance going out front and back and either side above and below. And continually come back to that sense, that sense of radiance in space. And continually coming back to that sense of radiating heart. Again, perhaps with your phrases, for all of us in this hall, may we be well, may we be free. May we be safe and free from harm. Now letting the metta continue to radiate and start moving beyond the boundaries of the hall onto the land of spirit rock, meeting all beings with that wish, may they be well. moving out in all directions, touching all the beings on this land, front and back, left and right, above and below.
and continuing to radiate out that quality of warmth and kindness beyond the boundaries of Spirit Rock, out into the world in all directions, in front and back, left and right, above and below. Moving out in all directions with this sense of a radiating quality of warmth and kindness. Now coming back just to being present in the hall, you still with that sense of the kind heart radiating, bringing the energy back just to being with your own being. So that latter form of metta was something I wanted to bring in early on because for some people it can support the metta well. It can, for some people, it it gives the uh, access to the... Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.